You are now listening to the Unstucked Podcast, where we teach you actionable steps to get unstuck in your life, career, finances, and business. Here's your host, Khalil Dumas. exciting news. I built an app. I know, right? Crazy. It's called the one-on-one app where we help you become 1% better together. It's an app that helps you break down your goals, achieving your habits and incremental steps. And it helps you celebrate your progress and your momentum with streaks, check-ins, milestones. And with our multi-dimensional approach to a balanced lifestyle, we really help you become 1% better together. So go download it. It's a free app. It'll be linked below. It's only for iOS right now. We're working on getting it in Google Play. But I really believe that this is a -a one-of-a-kind mental health and wellness app that is truly groundbreaking. To give you some like perspective, it's like Noom, but for habit building. And I'm really excited to share this with you. And I'm really excited to get your feedback. So if you download it, you enjoy it, leave us a review. We launched our newsletter. Some of you may have already seen the first couple of emails that went out. I'm super proud of this newsletter. I really wanted to give you actionable advice, targeted advice for getting unstuck in really any facet of your life. I'll ask you keeping up to date with deals, new products, new events, etc. Below, you can opt in. These will not be like any other emails that you receive. They're actually really fun to read. So definitely check it out and let me know what you want to hear in our next newsletter. If you'd like to receive our newsletter, there'll be a link to opt in in the show notes. Now on to the episode. Hello, and we're back. I had to take a month off just to take care of myself, round out some things for the end of the year. For those of you who not only follow me here, but also on our newsletter, I know you've been continuing to get a ton of value from that newsletter. I appreciate all of you who've reached out, all of you who continue to engage and utilize all the free resources that we've been sending out. But the world's a little crazy right now, and I think it's really, really important that as much as we can, we slow down. We make sure that we're good. We make sure that our families are taken care of. And then we reach out and make sure our community is supported as well. I know the new cycle and I know everything happening is really heavy. So I want to encourage everyone not only to take care of themselves, but do what you can to help one another. I'm really excited to end the year strong. We're looking to continue with interviews. I have a really exciting interview coming up right now with TJ, which I'm super excited about. I actually went on his podcast, which we'll make sure to link below. But I'm also looking forward to doing more solo episodes to end out the year, really focusing on our finances, really focusing on what our mindsets are going into next year as the state of the world continues to unfold, as the state of our own careers, our finances and everything continues to unfold. I want to make sure all of our intentions are set. We have a good focus. So that'll be some of the topics that we'll be covering, not only in the solo format, but also with some of our guests. Again, if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, make sure you do so below. I've also linked a couple new articles that were released, one of my favorites in Grown Magazine. I really wrote this article as kind of a love note to my college self, some of the finance knowledge that I wish I had right out of college or even two, three, four years out of college. Definitely make sure you check that out. Again, make sure you're taking and making time for yourself. Now on to the episode. TJ, it's good to see you again. Thanks for coming on. KD, great to be here, my man. Appreciate you inviting me onto the show. I had such a good time on your podcast, Adventurous Entrepreneur. Uh, Can't wait to hear our episode drop. So I had to get you over here. So much value dropped all the way from just what it takes to build a business that works for you to healing your financial trauma. So 
Really excited to get into all of that today. But just for some background, let the people know a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do, all that good stuff. Yeah, man. So name's TJ Murphy. I live here in beautiful Bend, Oregon, Oregon native, born and raised. Grew up in a small town called Ashland, which is right over the California border as you enter into Oregon. It's beautiful there. So grew up kind of small town boy, didn't really come up with an entrepreneurial background. My parents, my dad was a forestry guy, worked in wildland firefighting for his old career. My mom worked at the hospital. Both of them worked really, really, really hard to be able to put food on the table and, and provide an amazing life for my sister and I. We, we definitely had it pretty easy growing up. You know, we didn't didn't have a lot of money, but we had enough to live comfortably, take uh, you know one vacation a year as a family, whether that was traveling back east to visit the grandparents in Florida, New Jersey, or just like camping around and exploring the Pacific Northwest. Really kind of instilled this sense of adventure. We spent a lot of time outdoors, whether we were skiing or, or camping or hiking as a family. And so that was really my upbringing. I, I loved to be close to nature and, you know, went off to college, studied at the University of Oregon, got a business degree, ended up deciding, all right, what's this whole entrepreneurship thing all about? And they had an entrepreneurship tract. And I really loved marketing, but I felt like that was going to give me some good exposure into what I wanted to do long term. I knew eventually I wanted to start a business, but out of college, Having been in smaller towns, smaller cities my whole life, my wife and I moved down to the Bay Area to get a taste of of living in the big city. So we started in Berkeley for a little bit, then moved to downtown Oakland. I thought I was going to start my corporate career as a marketing consultant working for a big marketing consultation firm in the city, but quickly realized that with really no experience in in marketing, especially in consulting <laughs> yeah. uh, with a degree. Really all I had, I kind of partied my way through school, didn't do any meaningful internships or anything like that. So kind of a reality check after hitting the streets for a few months, passing resumes around, getting a couple interviews here and there, but not finding much luck. Lowered the bar a little bit and ultimately found a, a really great opportunity. I started as a paid marketing intern, which was really just kind of like a marketing coordinator for a a big commercial firm, property management company down in California. I was specifically working at this outdoor shopping center with about 120 tenants, mostly small mom and pop businesses. And I didn't have a clue how to do digital marketing. So I became the go-to for all of their questions about social media, SEO, website, like how do we get people out to our stores? So it was a great crash course. I had a little bit of marketing knowledge, but I, I had to really learn from the School of Hard Knocks what all of this stuff meant, how to actually be successful in the digital world, and ended up being a great opportunity. So we loved the Bay for a bit, but quickly realized that big city life wasn't for us. The corporate nine to five grind was not fulfilling for us. We felt pretty trapped and were quickly burning ourselves out, both my wife and I. So... We sat down one day and said, is this really what we want to do for the next 20, 30, 40 years? And immediately said, no way. This is not what we want to do. We want to travel. That was something that was always important to us. And, you know, unlike our parents who worked really, really, really hard to be able to kind of enjoy that lifestyle in retirement, 
we decided we wanted to make sure that we prioritize that early on. Really set off to take kind of these mini vacations, these mini adventures throughout our working careers and still be able to enjoy it later on in life. But while we're able-bodied, while we're young, let's take full advantage of this stuff. So we saved up for about a year working those corporate jobs that we hated. Ultimately quit them, put in our our notice, bought one-way tickets to Southeast Asia and set off on this year and a half adventure, living out of backpacks, traveling to 15 different countries. During that time, I, I decided, all right, this is it. I've got this runway of time to figure out a business that I might want to start so that when we do go back to reality, when we go back to the States, I don't have to hit the streets again and pass resumes around. And I was meeting these these adventurous entrepreneurs, people that were starting and scaling businesses, living in exotic places. And I started picking their brains, taking them out for a beer or coffee and, and learning how I could start a remote business where I could make an impact and serve people from anywhere while having the freedom and lifestyle that my wife and I were really looking for. Well, I appreciate that so much. And so many notes because you said things that I could relate to that I went through myself. And I know people who are listening went through, but then some unique things too. So I want to start and go back a little bit. I think one of the things that I've heard quite a bit is, especially folks who want to get into like non-traditional work paths, that's very common today. We house it under entrepreneurship. A lot of the time, like our parents are our sounding boards. And especially for those of us that have parents that are in more traditional jobs and right live more traditional lives, share your experience. Like, what was that like kind of sharing and putting together? Like, I know I want to be an entrepreneur. I don't know what it looks like, but I know I don't want to do this traditional thing anymore. What was that like? Was there a little bit of resistance there or were your parents really supportive in trying to like help you figure out where you wanted to land? Because I've just heard so much that parents can either really help in this arena or they can be our worst enemy in this arena. Now, I was very fortunate. My parents were, were very supportive of me wanting to start a business, wanting to set down that, that entrepreneurial path from the get-go. I mean, they definitely voiced some concerns around us leaving our corporate jobs after only working for a couple of years to go travel the world in countries. I that, mean, that's fair, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They were like, <laughs> where are you going? Is that safe? Like, what are you, isn't yeah. this going to like kill your career? So there was those concerns. But ultimately, they were like, hey, if this is what you guys are called to do, go do it. When I came back and... I'd started my business while we were traveling, was lucky to pick up a few clients, which just helped us travel longer and to really kind of build the foundation so that when we came back home, I gave myself really six months to make it at least successful enough to be able to afford to live and pay our bills and whatnot. And my parents were very supportive. We boomeranged back home for a little bit and lived with them for about six months and was able to get the business to kind of a momentum point where we were we were taking on new clients, we were, we were making good money, and my wife got a, a remote job as well. So that allowed us to move up here to Bend, Oregon. But for them, it was a completely different world from what they grew up in. Yeah. Um, none of their parents or siblings were entrepreneurs. Everybody just worked really, really hard through the corporate grind to get to a level of success where, you know, they made a lot of money in the family, but had to work extremely hard and didn't have the freedom that I really sought for in their lives. I saw most of my family, extended family and close family, working, taking a two-week vacation, and, and that was about it. Another thing that you mentioned, which really struck a chord with me and puts me right back in like 23-year-old 
as I'm looking at 30 this year, like it puts me right back to like where the start of all of this was. And he said something really key, which was like lowering the bar. And I remember when I was in that first starting point, I was working for entrepreneurs. I was trying to be this entrepreneur, even though I wasn't making dog shit and I needed to still pay bills, which added into a whole other level of stress, emotional and financial, et cetera. But there was this always this moment where I had to lower the bar and kind of reset. And for me, that looks like going and working for Nike, which most people would be like, that's not a reset. But for me, it was like going and working like a customer service job at Nike, understanding that there's a mountain to climb. Talk about that lowering the bar moment more, because I think we beat ourselves up about kind of resetting and re-strategizing, especially when we're just getting started. What did that moment feel like for you? And as you look back, do you look back with joy on those moments, like gratitude, obviously, or do you look back and be like, I could have done things differently? Now, there's been several points where the bar was lowered. You know, certainly when we decided we wanted to go travel, we had to lower the bar in terms of our lifestyle because we were living in the Bay Area. Shit's expensive down there. And we weren't making that much money. So to be able to save, like we had to had to be super frugal. We weren't going out and eating. We weren't we weren't doing as a, as an ex-Bayarian, <laughs> I give you all the empathy in the world. Yeah. I feel like I did the opposite thing you did. I went from big city to small city because I wanted to escape that. So totally <laughs> good move on your part. Yeah, totally, man. We we started out living large, and then once we decided we were gonna quit our jobs, it was like, all right, we gotta save every penny. So that was step one. Of lowering the bar, but really, when I was in in the first year of my business, I was growing it. We were taking on a lot of clients, but I was it. I mean, I was a entrepreneur. I was a solopreneur. I was basically a glorified freelancer, which there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I was making good money, but sacrificing the freedom that I had set out to start this business for in the first place. I was working 60, 70, 80 hours a week fulfilling on all of the promises that I've made, the services that I was selling, and really had to learn the hard way. Because again, I didn't have a background where I learned how to scale a business and and hire and delegate and create systems and processes to create efficiency in your business. And even when you do know those things, shit's still hard. Shit's still hard. (laughs) Shit's still hard. So, you know, it was a slow grind. It was a slow grind to be able to start to implement some of those things. And I tried, you know, hiring some contractors and outsourcing certain things. Tried using some white label companies. Never really felt good about that. The quality of service and the level of control I was giving up in just what I was doing with my clients never felt good. So I'd always kind of pull back. And yeah. I realized that my ego was the biggest thing getting in the way. I I felt like, oh man, if it's not up to my standard, nobody can do it as good as I can, then it's not good enough to put on the plate for our clients. And yeah, the reality is in a lot of things, maybe it's not going to get done quite as well as you do it. In some cases, you can find people to do it way better, but that doesn't mean it's not good enough. So I, I figured that out slowly and, and was able to create a little bit more stability in my business. But going back to lowering the bar, I came to this point where I had a mentor who was also a marketing agency owner. I'd followed his journey for quite some time. He had actually franchised his business with Hype. So we're a digital marketing franchise. And I'm saying lowering the bar, it actually wasn't. But at the time, it felt like I was giving up my baby. So I started exploring this idea of franchising because there's a lot of benefits. I mean, we're a model where we have an amazing team that are experts in web design and SEO and all the services that we offer. And so instead of having to hire that stuff internally or or outsource it, 
We've got all of the resources we need to fulfill on the services that we offer, as well as just an amazing community, amazing benefits of being a, a large company, but still being able to provide that really white glove, boutique level of service. But going back to Lauren the Bar, it felt like I was giving something up. I was I was taking this company that I'd built, and now I'm giving up that brand. I'm giving up that identity to be able to create some more freedom in my life and, and ultimately scale. But definitely felt that way at the time, like, like I was taking a step back. In life and in business, sometimes you do have to take a step back to leap forward. And that's certainly what's happened. We've been able to grow tremendously. I've learned a ton from my fellow franchisees, the team, the community that's helped me grow personally and professionally. And I've just got a lot more stability and the freedom that I was looking for and ultimately is my, my number one goal. I really appreciate you sharing that. And I feel like each year I always have like a step back moment. I think whenever you're in any type of hyper growth phase, there's always that month where you're just like kind of out of it. And you're just like, man, I've been going so fast. Like, what does this all mean? You got to step back. So that's never a bad thing. But to your point, I love the way you kind of frame that with mindset, which is like a lot of these things feel bigger and heavier because we make them that way. They're not necessarily that way in reality. And it brings us to a nice segue in terms of just talking about I want to understand and learn a little bit more in terms of just your general mindset. Like when you think back to when you started to now, what are some of the bigger mindset shifts that you found? Because I'm literally looking over your shoulder to a mantra of today is the start of something great. And I see all these little mantras around your room and I'm like, that's really interesting. And I wonder kind of what that system looks like and what that growth has looked like for you. Yeah. So there's so many things here, but you know, the biggest one, which I alluded to earlier was just ego. When you're starting a business, you're building your baby, you got to learn how to let go of, of control if you really want to scale. And what did that look like for you? Like, what was the control piece for you? Like, when you think about control, like, what was an example of that? So, you know, for example, in the marketing world, could have been everything from just content writing to campaign development. Oh, it's like, this isn't how I would have structured this ad campaign or this SEO strategy or the content that we're providing just just isn't isn't what I would have envisioned. It doesn't mean it was wrong. It just wasn't what I had envisioned. And so the ultimate thing for me was was just getting to a point where it's like I'm burned out. I can't keep doing this. This isn't fun. This isn't why I started this business. So something has to change. Either I throw in the towel or I check my ego and say, "Okay, I need help." I need people, I need mentorship, I need coaching, I need all of these things that I wasn't doing early on. And so that is what really kind of propelled me. It was getting to a point of bottom, you know, just being totally burned out and saying, I need to get some some support here, finding a mentor, investing in coaching. And then ultimately that led me to finding my tribe. So getting into a community of of other entrepreneurs, other marketing agency owners that we're all going through the same shit. We're having the same problems. We're talking to the same types of clients and dealing with the same types of personalities and being able to have those conversations and realize, man, I'm not in this alone. And there's people out there that I can talk to and ask for help that have already gone through it. They've already figured it out. I don't need to figure it out on my own. There's a recipe out there to follow. Once I started leaning into that and taking the shortcut of asking for help and finding the help that I needed... That's when things started to click, believe it or not. You know, (laughs) 
it's weird. It's, weird how that works, right? It's weird how that works, right? I mean, you gotta ask for help in business and in life. Yeah, those yeah. who don't ask don't get. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Exactly, man. Exactly. No, I love that. I love that. And I really appreciate you sharing that example because I I've been there. And something I heard, which is great, is like there's an infinite amount of ways to the number 10. So you apply that same analogy to success in business. Like there are an infinite amount of ways to get to the success to the point that you want. So just remember that, that you don't have to take this one regimented path and in all caps, ask for help. Yeah. Everybody's going to take a different route. Some people are going to have to do like several circles over here before they get to the end point. But when you can actually look and pop the hood on someone else's success and really decipher what worked, what didn't, talk to them about it, get the secret sauce in some cases, man, life is so much easier. <laughs> For my own curiosity, you mentioned franchising and this is with Height Digital, correct? Correct, yeah. Talk to us about that. It sounds so interesting. Like, honestly, it's just so shallow. I think franchises, I think of like in and out I think yeah, of like think fast food. I don't ever think about it in like even like a micro or macro like marketing agency world. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, you know, I kind of thought the same thing. You know, franchising... I've learned is is a great way to to start a business, especially when you're you're just getting started. Obviously, I started the business first and grew that for about four years before I ultimately merged in and franchised my agency. But this is a totally unique model. Now there's some copycats coming around, but at the time, Height Digital was the first digital marketing franchise. And the model was really geared around taking existing agencies and providing them with the structure, the support, the systems, and the team to be able to scale and grow. And, you know, really, the things that, that keep a business, a marketing business from growing are having the right people in place to be able to fulfill as you're taking on more and more clients. If you're unable to grow a team, and and create that stability, especially on the account management side. That's where you're building relationships with clients. And if you don't have rock stars in those roles that can stick around for the long haul, if you're constantly churning those positions, your trust with your clients and that relationship just deteriorates. So you see churn go way, way up. So for me, you know, really being in that point where I was talking about earlier of being totally burned out, having this model where I could plug in and have all of the things that my business was lacking at that point. And of course, you got to pay into that. You know, there's some there's sacrifices in the short term from a profitability standpoint. That was a huge benefit. But for me, the number one thing was was the people. I saw and I, I spent about eight months kind of vetting this out, meeting with other franchisees, meeting with leadership, meeting with the VPs in the company managing the fulfillment and all the different departments. And what I realized was like, man, these people care. These people care and are built around the principles that are important to me of growth and of family. And going back earlier, that tribe that I was looking for, I saw this group of people, the Height Digital family, as the tribe that I really wanted to surround myself with, having some great mentors on that side and the ability to really share experience and resources with an elite group of marketing agency owners that have all had a lot of experiences and have gone through the trials and tribulations. So if one of us has a problem, we can tap in. Somebody's already gone through it. And instead of figuring it out the hard way, we can take that shortcut to ultimately finding the solution. No, I absolutely love that. And I think 
finding the people who will help you and support your vision, delegating, right? Really using your time to push the needle forward is one thing. I think a really, really big area that I run into all the time when people ask for help or clients, whatever it may be, is in the cash flow arena. Like, I kind of know what to do. I just don't have the cash to do it. What was that journey like for you? And, and, and share any examples of like, either it's yourself or others, like, where maybe cash wasn't available, you still made it work anyway. Like, what does that look like? And is that a necessarily dream killer? Like, how do you work around to be creative to kind of stretch your capital as much as you can? Yeah, let's see. Let's see if there's actually any good <laughs> advice in this. I mean, for me, when I didn't have the cash flow to hire, I either would do it myself and roll up my sleeve <laughs> and figure it out. Here we go. Or yeah. And that's, you know, that was kind of the problem. That was the detriment and the spiral that I was heading down. It was just like I was at a point where I, I was making good money, but I didn't have enough cash flow to like hire full-time people in-house. And so looking at other methods, you know, the white labeling was certainly one. And there are great ways to outsource to VAs or to an agency in specific areas where you need that support or just fractional help. And I didn't know any of that stuff existed at the time. So I was just kind of like looking around, digging into social media communities, asking a little bit for help here and there, and just kind of tiptoed along to ultimately finding the, the solution that made sense for me at the time. But one of the biggest things that I always run into is like people are like, I just don't have the cash to do this. I just, I can't. And, and and a lot of folks too are working another job while they're trying to do this. So it just turns into this like, I have no energy and no money. So then nothing ends up happening. Yeah. And so I appreciate your answer in terms of just like, you have to get scrappy. For me, it was I had the money and no energy. So yeah, that's okay. ultimately what allowed me to, when I found the franchise opportunity, say, okay, I'm willing to take a hit on the financial side to get more of that energy back in the long term. And, and that's what I did. Yeah. One of the routes that I took, because I was in the arena of like, I felt like I was a little bit in both just because I was looking at the scale that I wanted and the scale that I wanted, I knew would cost quite a bit. And so one of the big pieces of advice that I always give is really understanding what your business model is, aka where are you making money? Right. So if it's a podcast, maybe it's sponsorships, maybe you're selling things through ad reads, maybe you're, you know, working with partners, right? Or if you're selling a digital product or you're selling a physical good, it's only as good as that ecosystem and that in your fulfillment and your marketing, right? It's really optimizing. I think a lot of people forget to stop and think and plan and be really, really strategic and in some essence selfish with their time to really focus on those things and run as lean as possible. That was something that even today with cash, I still try to do is run really, really lean. And, and sometimes you sacrifice a bigger opportunity, but you're able to scale at a more consistent rate. But again, that's just an area. And I think you touch more on it. I think the area where people struggle actually the most is the energy sector of like, mm. okay, I have 40 things. I think at one point when I first started this, I was doing 25 roles. Like I actually wrote down all the roles. I think today I'm at about 13, which is still a lot of roles. Lot, um, yeah. But like when you talk about deltas, like way better than 23. Way better than 25. So, I'm probably with you too. Yeah, I probably about, had yeah. 50 roles and now I'm down to 13 and it feels a lot better. But I love the point that you brought out about just how you're a little more, more lean and conservative. And I definitely prescribe to that. I think... There's a lot to be said about, you know, investing back into the business and there's 
definitely a time and a place and a need for that. But for me, I find that I have way more just energy and confidence and stability when I do have a tight ship and I know that I've got enough cash on hand to say, no matter what happens, like I could lose all my clients and we'd still be good for six or eight months. And I know from the experience that I have that I'll figure it out and there's no way we're going to have that worst case scenario. But just having that peace of mind gives me so much more confidence to grow. And when I do have an opportunity to invest, it's a lot easier. So, <laughs> And I appreciate that a lot. And I think that's another great point, which is I look and still look very hard at worst case scenarios. I, I over Contingency should be my middle name because I have a lot of them. But I think it's equally as important to think about and remember what if things go really well? What if this gets really big? What if this does really well? What do I do then? I've been in so many situations where people have called me as the bat phone and been like, this is getting too big, too fast. I need your help. And so remember that that reality is still there, but also still plan for that other reality. All about designing intentionally. A hundred percent. Designing intentionally, a hundred percent. And that's a great segue. When you look now at your business and you look forward how are you doing that today? Like, how are you now planning for the future? How are you now looking forward? Now that you have your footing, your foundation, like you can maybe breathe a little bit. What does that look like for you? Yeah, so the way I, I always like to describe it is designing your business around the lifestyle and the freedom that you want to have. And that's going to shift along the way. So early on, I knew I was going to have to learn a lot and put a lot in to get to the point where I had the freedom to go cut out on a on a Friday afternoon after this and go mountain biking or you know go skiing on a powder day on a Tuesday morning or do all the things that I love to do with the people that I care about most while knowing that my business is going to be just fine it doesn't need me to be putting in those crazy hours initially it was getting to that point where I would have flexibility where I'd have the location independence where I'd have a little bit more time freedom to be intentional about how I was spending it and not just working all the time. I've gotten to that point. And for me, it was was the franchise model and surrounding myself with a team and stability and systems. But now I'm in a season of planning for what comes next. I want to keep running this agency. I want to keep this business because I love what I do. I love marketing. I love helping other small businesses grow and thrive, especially in my local communities where it really does have an impact on not just that business, but their employees, creates stability, helps those families, helps the people in our community get the services that they need. But I also want to do other things. So planning ahead looks like me getting to a point where I can invest and bring in, you know, like a general manager to run the day-to-day -day of the business, maybe still support on, you know, kind of the sales and, and high-level strategy and vision side of things, but move more into either starting another business, which is probably going to be there, but I'm also looking to get more involved in the local community, serving on boards. I'm involved with a lot of nonprofits here. I don't know what that'll actually look like, but getting to that point where I can now take myself out of the business and work, you know, a few hours a week on it or, you know, ideally a few hours a month on it while it continues to grow and thrive because I've set up the right systems, I've put the right people in place, I've created that process and stability where I don't need to be in it anymore. It's no longer the TJ show, which it has been for a long time. So, it's being intentional and and looking ahead at what does your 
your happy, most fulfilling life look like? And having that conversation, if you're married, you got you to gotta talk about what that looks like for both of you. If you have children, what does that look like for you and your family? If you're just solo, then dig deep and figure out what, what do you want to be doing in two, five, ten years. And if it's not sitting behind your computer for 10 hours a day, then how are you going to build the lifestyle? How are you going to build the business to get to that point where you don't have to be there? I absolutely love this conversation. I appreciate all the value that you provided today. How can we support you? Man, tune into the Adventurous Entrepreneurs podcast. Uh, it's a new project for me. We're about a year in. I'm absolutely loving it. You know, conversations like this are really what fuel me every week. I want to always be learning, and we've got some great value in there. So check it out. Um, I'm on all the socials, look up I am TJ Murphy, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and you'll find me and would love to connect. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, TJ. Appreciate it, Katie. Thank you for listening to the Unstucked podcast. Visit us at unstucked.com and follow us on TikTok.